0: All right. Okay, so we got ourselves another episode here. Again, we want to thank our past esteemed guests. The last time we did an episode was with Jerry Demings, who is our current Orange County mayor. And what was interesting about that, if you want to go back and listen to it, He's one of the few who has ever held the chief of police position and the sheriff position. So that was interesting talking to him about that. Now, today, we're going to kind of we're going to pivot in another direction as we have an officer who has pumped over 40 years of service into the community behind the badge. So today we're talking to Officer Harold Felshaw. This should be an interesting perspective, especially after dedicating so much time to the community. All right. Good morning, sir.
1: Yeah, you can call me Hal. How, over forty years
0: in service for this community, huh?
1: Yes, sir. Since uh, October of nineteen
0: seventy-eight. Wow! I mean, uh, uh, a real bona fide hero, and I don't—I don't mean to say that, you know, like uh, you know, someone who's cheesy. I mean to say that because you know, when you put in, I—I I think when I read it was forty-two years, right?
1: Uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean that. I mean that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime.
1: In some ways, yes, it is. Yeah.
0: So if you don't mind, just because some of our other esteemed guests, like, uh, you know, the current chief Orlando Rolon, uh, we just had our last episode was Jerry Demings, who's our current Orange County mayor. Uh, and now we get to talk to you, Hal, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I want to jump right into first before we get any, anything, you know, serious about the job, how are you going to spend retirement? How how does that look for you? Are you excited? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, my wife's been waiting for me to uh, finally decide to go ahead with tires, and retire, uh, and hopefully we plan to do some RVing.
0: <laughs> okay, so now we're speaking some really good language, because I used to own a pool-behind bunk- bunker ca- uh, camper, uh, but you're talking about RVing. That's the way to do it. Okay, so where are we going? What What kind of RV are we getting? There's a lot to talk about.
1: Well, we actually have a travel trailer right now that we've had for several years, uh, and we we go to North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, and then Georgia. So we we come around.
0: Okay, awesome. And uh, so the wife loves to travel with you, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. So she's been begging for this moment. That's so good. I'm so uh, proud for you. I'm proud for this moment for you. Well, thank you. So how uh, can we, let, let's talk about maybe uh, let's jump right in since we went from that really soft moment. Let, let's get right into some of the hardest things about the gig over these past forty-two years. What, what have been some of the hardest things to see, witness, be a part of? Well, uh,
1: the, the hardest part of the job was uh, for for twelve years. It was with the uh, the vehicle, the uh, sorry, the traffic homicide unit, uh, where I had to respond to uh, a vehicle accident and I uh, have to uh, investigate
0: those. Right, the vehicle, the vehicle accidents, Like, what's what's the hardest part? Just coming up on the scene, probably?
1: No, really, that part was, wasn't the hardest, because that was just a matter of, of collecting evidence and uh, uh, data from there. The hardest part really for me was that I had to get with the families and uh, have to explain to them and, and uh, try to help them through it.
0: Yeah, you know what? If you don't mind, let's dig into that a little bit because that that is something to prepare one's self uh, to deliver a message like that. You know, such a such a deep and heavy message. So, like, what what would you what would you say to yourself sometimes, like on, on the way to these families?
1: Well, I I, uh, I think about what what's going on, when it, where it happened, uh, what it involved, and then a lot of a lot of how I put it across is. When I meet people and uh, their circumstances, uh, I found that a very direct approach was really the best way to, uh, to deal with it, and uh, uh, it helped me a lot as well.
0: Wow. And then um, over these years, uh, I want to ask this in the most sensitive way possible, but over the years, did it ever get easier to deliver that message?
1: No, no, it never gets easier. Uh, it, each circumstance is different and unique in its own, but it all has the same outcome. Uh, there are some where it, it's basically telling them that uh, there's going to be a life change uh, as opposed to uh, a death, but they basically all end up the same type results.
0: Wow. Wow! Well, you know, uh, what I find interesting is as I'm as I'm listening to you talk about this, like I, I feel that, you, you know, you, you were put in the right place at the right time to be that right individual, because uh, almost like a doctor uh, who needs to have bedside manner uh, that takes a certain officer, you know, to walk into that space. So
1: very cool. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So now that we talked about the hardest part of the gig, let's talk about some of your fun memories. Because over 40 years of service, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time to see things come, go, uh, see things change, see things that have stayed stayed the constant.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I can remember when I first started that uh, report brief, uh, taking the report was uh, handwritten. We had no computers, uh, had no cell phones. Uh, so uh, you had to rely on hopefully there was a phone you could call in, uh but yeah, it was all handwritten reports, but not like it is nowadays where you have uh, laptop computers, cell phones, and easy access to all that stuff hal, if you
0: don't mind let let us let's, let's park there for a second because this reminds me of the last episode that we had with Jerry Demings. He was explaining how during his um chief dumb i don't even know what you call it when you sit in that chair but you get it when he was chief he said that he was the one who implemented the laptops into the cars so so you've been able to see this progress do you remember it being difficult for officers in the beginning
1: well the use of computers in the cars
0: yeah having them you know having the whole setup in the vehicle when they when they weren't even used to having something right there
1: well, I'm, I'm sure it was, was difficult in some aspects, mainly uh, getting used to having it in the car and then uh, reminding yourself to uh, not focus solely on the computer while you're uh, driving, uh, things like that. But once you got used to them, I know from for my side, uh, it, it made my job a whole lot easier uh, and a lot quicker.
0: Cool, cool. Do you mind talking about other things that over time... Makes the job easier?
1: No, no. What
0: are what are some of those other things that have kind of streamlined the process and, and made your jobs easier?
1: Well, um, um, uh, the biggest thing I, I think was, was the use of the computers. Um, the the, um, the wow, well, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the like okay. the vehicles? Did the, the vehicles yeah, change okay, over? the, well, yeah. the
1: vehicles. The vehicles absolutely have changed over time. Now, most of my career was was riding motorcycles, so uh, those those changed in design.
0: Wow! Uh,
1: oh, Yeah, but uh, the car I remember old Plymouth when I first started, and and uh, uh, not having uh, air conditioning that worked, and things <laughs> like that. You know, uh, the, the vehicles now they have are in pretty good shape, I think, and and have a lot of uh, benefits.
0: You know, so you even talked about how you know filling out a report got easier because of the computer. Uh, now we're on the uh, the vehicles. Um, can you talk about the uniform? How has the, the uniform, uniform changed over these years?
1: Okay, well, uh, the uniforms went from uh, tan and brown to all solid brown to uh, uh, blue, and uh, over the years, now they've had several changes on, on my part. Uh, the motor uniform was a basic uniform, but patrol has changed. They have different outfits they, they wear now uh, based on comfort and versatility. But uh, uh, I, I think they've that, come a long way.
0: Yeah, can we talk about maybe the Under Armour too? Like what was that like when you started in service and then now here you are retiring? Well, what has that, that Under Armour been like?
1: Uh, when you say, Under Armour, are you talk, are you talking about the, the style of clothing or are you uh no like the uh
0: clothes? like the vest i i, I can imagine oh. that today's vest is probably a lot lighter and and for you on motorcycle i'm sure that that, that probably uh played a played a, a role right
1: oh absolutely uh when i first started the, the vest that they had for us so that were were given to us uh it consisted of a panel in the front the panel in the back and uh and uh, it, it didn't fit very well and wasn't very comfortable, and there was no side protection. Uh, the ones we have now we have a whole lot more protection, uh, more, more, a lot more uh, to them, and uh, I think are uh, lighter weight.
0: So cool. Uh, so, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you this question too, just because there's only so many people who are gonna have this kind of perspective. But what can you say about the type of officer who's signing up for duty today? Um, what, what, what can you say about that type of an individual today compared to back in your day? I guess the reason why I asked that is because I had a great conversation with uh, one of our chiefs of uh, of you know the, the fire department, and he said he's always surprised when some of these young recruits come in and their first job was at Publix. Um, so, to you, a- a- after seeing these years, what can you say about those recruits today and uh, and compared to the past? Well.
1: Uh, one thing I can say about them today is, uh, in comparison to me, they're very young. But uh, they, uh, they uh, I, I think, are, have more education, a little more education uh, coming to the jobs uh, in that aspect. Uh, I hope that uh, they have some life experiences uh, bringing into it, uh, because, quite frankly, uh, the job will help you get the life experiences real quick uh, before you know it. Uh, yeah, back in, in, in when I started, uh, a high school uh, education or equivalent was really all they required uh, to get started, but then they did offer courses through the time and uh, to bring you up to speed and to give you more uh, advantages.
0: Right, and one thing that you said at the beginning of that sentence was... The job will give you the life experience, and then you said really quick. Uh, <laughs> I can I can imagine that probably the first time for real for real on on the streets or in the job is it eye opening for for a lot who maybe went through the academy but now it's for real.
1: I, I think it is. Uh, I can always I can only uh, speak from experience uh, when I first came on uh, to the department. Uh, I had very rarely been over west of uh, Interstate 4. Uh, I grew up on the east side, uh, and I, I come over on the west side of uh, I 4. And uh, it was an eye-opening experience, one that I caught on quick. Uh, but uh, the, the life experience has come at you real quick. Wow,
0: wow. That, that's, that's so good, because right now we've got... Uh, a, a bunch of law enforcement, different age groups from all over the country, listening to this podcast. So uh, when they get to hear you and you get to uh, you know share some of your life experience, I'm sure you're touching on a lot of hearts uh, that can agree. And so back to best memories as you're sharing with us some of those things that have that have happened over the years. What what are some of the 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 things that you remember about certain chiefs? That have sat in that seat, and of course, you know, um, you, we're, we're going to bring up all the all the positive stuff that you that you liked about which chief sat in that seat. Was there ever one that you were like, "Now, nah, now, this one's got it. <laughs> I like this one." <laughs> oh
1: my goodness! Uh, I let's just say I never met a chief, and, and I've, I've worked for fourteen of them. Wow! I've never, I've never met a chief that I didn't like. That uh, I didn't, I never felt didn't have my back, uh, and I always felt that I could go and talk to him if there was an issue um, that I felt uh, I, I'd like to talk to him about. But to, to say a favorite thing about one or another, uh, I, I don't think I could because I, I enjoyed working with all of them.
0: Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a great answer. I love that answer, and to to think that you've dealt with fourteen different types of egos. Uh, not I, I I say egos because of course that that comes with some of the gig of leadership, but also all these different cultures, these different backgrounds, and uh, so so pretty cool that you've been able to stick it in there. And now with retirement on your hands, um, I wanted kind of like uh, uh, lessons learned type of talk from you so you're uh, again like we explained we've got officers deputies that are listening to this podcast what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the years that you're like okay i need to at least share this because if there's an officer listening they need to know this
1: well lesson learned i think the biggest thing is never assume anything uh if start, if, as soon as you start assuming something that's usually when something's to in and uh, get you from behind or of circumstances where you, you don't have control. Uh, always look at your uh, your your partner's back. Your back is your your partner's got your back. But uh, a- absolutely, over the years, uh, never assume that uh, something. Always uh, wait for the results and work with that.
0: How from from what I got what you just said is it so so then should I be more graceful? When an officer or a deputy seems skeptical towards me, and, I, and I, I don't mean like that, like what I mean is, um, okay, so the other day, I had a red light behind the grill of my truck, and so I was pulled over, I'm now educated on blue lights, red lights, you know, on the front of a vehicle, I'm now educated that that's, that's not uh, uh, proper, uh, but the officer was just not grumpy, but just also not not, you know, hey, sir, how are you? Um, What you just said to me, that speaks volumes, though, because you're right, that there is a certain amount of skepticalness that you guys have, but it's it's a safety mechanism.
1: Yeah, it is, and I'll be the first one to admit that there have been times when I I may not have presented myself in the most positive uh, light, uh, and and I thought about it later on. But yeah, uh, traffic stuff, especially, are, are one of the most the hazards that we've had to deal with because you, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's on the mind of the driver that you're dealing with. So uh, sometimes it may come across that way. Other times it's just out of caution.
0: Well, and I appreciate you explaining it like that, especially when you say that you know you you've walked away uh, from those scenarios. Maybe being like, ah, but then when you also when you also mentioned that that you know that person behind the vehicle, I mean that vehicle itself is is a weapon. You don't know what they have, and uh, so I, I will spread that to the people that I know and the people that I love. Have some grace. They you y'all are in the toughest of positions when it comes to having to have a level head. And um, and not knowing who you're confronting. So, um, if I if I can, can I have you drop to us a little bit of wisdom for those who are thinking of uh, joining the service, and to those who are currently still doing it and wondering if they have what it takes to reach 40 years plus.
1: Well, so the ones that are thinking about it, the more education you can get, the better, uh, especially in the line of work. Uh, Go into it not not expecting to uh, uh, save the world because uh, there are going to be times when when you can't, but you do your best job. Uh, uh, on on the, the older side, uh, just keep plugging along. Uh, uh, if you got wisdom to give, share it with the younger group because uh, Lord knows they they need uh, as much uh, knowledge as they can get uh, to make it through.
0: I love it. Hal, uh, you've been fantastic. I really appreciate you saying yes to the podcast. Uh, it means a lot, not only to me, because even for me as a host, so I've only done entertainment my whole life, uh, for me as a host, talking to individuals like you, it really does anchor what the purpose of this podcast is, and that's to highlight the uh, the good that's happening behind that suit, behind that badge, behind that uniform. And Hal, here's to your retirement. I hope you enjoy. Where, where's the first date that you're going? You're going to?
1: uh probably the state of florida i'm just going to go home and, and put my feet up and, and rest <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> you've earned it you deserve it and with that uh we'll be praying many blessings upon you in this uh in this new adventure of uh of retirement so thank you so much for your years of service and uh again i can't thank you enough for being on the city's finest podcast
1: thank you sir i appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and and uh, please have a great, safe day. Cool. Thank you. You bet.
0: All right. So, man, what a conversation there. If you could imagine, over 42 years of service I mean, y'all, I'm 39, turning 40 this year. So that dude has been behind the badge longer than I've been alive. So another great uh, perk of being able to host this podcast. And again, you could always look out for our newest episodes by just hitting that subscribe button. Every single time we pump one of these suckers out, you will be notified. Thanks again. I'm Obi, and this is The City's Finest.